Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Wait for the good. Amen. Genesis chapter 22. Amen. Verses 1 and 2, and then I'm going to drop down to verse 7. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee unto the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering. Upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Drop down to verse 7. And Isaac spake unto Abram his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. They came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there, laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, And said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him upon up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word this morning. Asking you, Lord, that you would move into our presence, God. And Lord, captivate the minds of your people, Lord. For no words, God, that I can speak of myself, Lord. God will bring the mind of Christ to them, Lord, but it has to be through you. And I'm asking you, Lord, to anoint the lips of clay. For God, I'm solely dependent upon you, Lord Jesus, to use the words and the message to encourage, to strengthen, God, your people this morning in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. You can be seated in Jesus' name. This morning, before I had came even, I'm going to tell you, this this message has been a battle. Uh, Yesterday, the day before, I think even maybe Thursday, I, it's, it's just been battle, and, and this has been some time in coming, as you all know. That I, I don't believe I've really preached since June, and, uh, but, but this has been on my mind. It's been kind of just slowly coming together. You know how that is, bits and pieces, and you write down a few notes, and 
you put it away and it comes back later. But I feel like that I've heard from God. I talked to pastor about it before he left. And I feel that God has given me something to go with to encourage you this morning. And as I was, I've got a little book at home that I pick up every now and then. It's written by Charles Swindell. And uh, it, uh, it's, it's a book of wisdom. It's a wisdom for the day. And, and I thought that it was so fitting this morning that something in there spoke to me. And, and I feel like maybe it would speak to you this morning. He said, the, the prayer is, give me the grace to be calm when you're in trouble, when you're going through heartaches, trials, storm. Control my emotions. And, and this is the part, I guess, that really ministered to me. Be Lord over my present situation. How many times have we needed that prayer in our life? That God, that you would just be Lord over my present situation, over what I'm going through right now, Lord. I need you. If I've ever needed you before, I need you now. Now, I must warn you. I've got a little story to tell. I'm going to tell on myself this morning, but... I, and I've got a witness. I thank God I had to pick Brother Don up for church this morning. So I've got a witness of this. And, and I'm going to tell you, don't mess with these, me this morning because you've got a hot preacher on your hands this morning. I'm just telling you that right now. I, I, I really am. I, yesterday I was over here, and it's going to fit in the sermon, whether you believe it or not, it really is. I, it was all for God, I think. But, but I, yesterday I was over here and I went and bought, brought new batteries, you know, and put in, in my guitars and put, put in my pedals and stuff and, and a nine, had a nine-volt battery. And I thought, well, this one may not be bad. It's not been in there. Well, it's been in there a while, but it may be older than I think. So I said, oh, I'll just take it home. So I took it home and, and I, I checked it. I, put it. I put it on my meter and it said it was fine. So I thought, oh, well, good. I'll just take that back to church so I slipped that battery in my pocket this morning in my coat pocket and we come to church and I turned on sound system and got water done all the normal things that I do you know and uh, I got back there by the door and man my pocket was hot and I reached in there and that battery I mean oh that battery was hot and I was doing this number and saying brother Don open the door and, and, and he opened the door and we put that thing out there on the sidewalk and it laid there for five, six, seven minutes. I went out there to pick it up and it was still hot. And I finally went and I wrapped a rag around it and I thought, well, that was a good battery, but I don't know about now. I come up here and I put it on the, and it said zero, nothing. But it was still hot. So I said, they'll probably think, and I hope nobody picks this up. So I took it out the back door and throwed it in the puddle to cool it off. And I finally just went and picked it up just before I came to the platform. And it had finally cooled down. The story is, don't ever put it in there but when, with something like this. Because that tinfoil, I mean, it'll, it, that's nothing but a conductor, y'all. I'm smart enough to know that. I'm mechanic a lot of years. I know about electricity and stuff. But it about burned a hole in my pocket. So Brother Don said, well, you're hot off the press this morning. Truth is, I didn't want to make a mistake putting another battery in there. 
Amen. So let me tell you what I believe there is a story behind this that God just quickened to me this morning as I was praying in the prayer room. Amen. That a battery, amen, can can be so charged up. It was full charge. When I checked it at home, it was full charge. But guess what? It was shorted. When it shorted in my pocket, it killed that battery that quick. Let me tell you something. You may be charged up this morning after this service or tonight. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you, you can walk out into this world and the very first day on your job, I'm going to tell you, the enemy can kill your battery quick and you need to work yourself back to the house of God to get recharged this morning. And that's why I'm here, to recharge your battery. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well... If y'all don't mind, I'm going to start. I'm going to preach different than I normally do. Amen. It was January the 19th, 1995. I had been battling high triglycerides for some three, four years. But now they had reached a dangerously high of 1187. My strength was dwindling day by day. Even though I was working, I could hardly work. I went to work, barely making it through the day. And then came home and hit the couch because that's all I felt like doing. I couldn't do any. I'd run my limit. Something had to change. Amen. My doctor had set me up with an appointment to do tests at St. Mary's Hospital for four hours. Pastor Kenny Carpenter was preaching at South Gibson Apostolic Chapel for the next few nights. Our family decided to go on this Thursday night. Brother Carpenter preached, warning, it's only a test. On Friday, I had to go to work January the 20th, 1995, I was too weak to attend after working all day, so my family went without me. I didn't want to not go. I just didn't have the strength to go. Brother Carpenter, that night before my wife, Sister McGee, left to come home, said, you go home and tell Brother McGee that there is a miracle on the way. Saturday, January the 21st, the Lord woke me up early with a song on my heart, Look Out, Satan, Look Out. It was my weekend to work, so I sung that song all day long, and I felt like God had done something in my body. I felt a new strength that I hadn't felt for some time. In fact, I felt good all day long. I had to work on Sunday, so somebody else preached in my place. Sunday night, I was there, and we had a blowout service. There was no preaching. God moved in such a mighty way. Monday, I was scheduled on the 23rd to go to St. Mary's Hospital for four hours of testing. Early that morning, the Lord woke me up before we had ever left home. And the Lord began to lay Brother Carpenter.
carpenter's message to my heart again. Warning, this is only a test. Sister McGee was worried. All she could think about was the both of my parents that had cancer. She was afraid there's something tied here and it's, this is what's going on. But as we got out of the car and started towards St. Mary's walking, I looked at my lovely wife knowing what was on her mind. She did not want to live without a husband. Children without a daddy. And I told her as we were walking to the hospital, I said, dear, I feel just like that message. Warning, it's only a test. I found out I was supposed to get sick during this test. Some stuff they had given me and they kept coming out and they said, Do you, would you like to go lay down? Every hour they was doing checks on me. And, uh, and every hour I tell them, no, I'm fine. They would come back and say, are you sure? You know, they, they've come back sometimes two or three times between the testing. and said, are you sure that you don't want to come lay down and rest? I said, no, I'm fine. So I went through the test. Hallelujah. It was only a test. It was only a test. Hallelujah. Because there was a ram that was waiting in the wing to make the sacrifice for me. He took the sickness and he gave me the healing. <laughs> Thank God for a lamb of God that not only takes away the sins of the world, but by his stripes this morning we are healed. <laughs> I took the following day off not knowing how I would feel after those tests and my doctor called the next day and said I don't know why your triglycerides were high and now they're not just keep on doing what you're doing I'm telling you about a God that heals and every since that day even now after diabetes when I go to the doctor my triglycerides are way down you know why? Because there is a God that had a ram caught in a thicket that was waiting just for the answer to my prayer. And I'm here to tell you this morning that he's waiting in the wing just for you. I don't care what you're going through. He's there to bring a healing and a deliverance to your thing. I've come to encourage you this morning. Hallelujah. That's what I want to preach to you about this morning. I want to preach about your escape. Subtitle, the rampart. I couldn't separate them. God, as I, as I you know, the, the, the title came easy, but it seemed like following there came a subtitle. I don't do, usually do, do subtitles, but the rampart came to me. And because the Lord is always working on your escape. I want this to be personal this morning because I'm going to tell you, it's not just ministers that go through things, but it's congregation 
Every one of us in here this morning has got our own debut with problems and troubles and sicknesses. You've all got your things to deal with every day, the same as any pastor or preacher I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Oh, the Lord is always working on your escape. Whatever you're going through this morning, he has a ram that's caught in a thicket that's ready to take your place and be the sacrifice in your stead. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, let's get to the message. I've, I've done enough rambling, so we'll get to the message now. I must remind us this morning that a renewed promise does not always come easy. I said a renewed promise does not always come easy. How many times have you asked the Lord, Lord, I need to hear the promise one more time. And sometimes to say it, just send it, Lord, send it, say it again to me. I need to hear it again just to know it was really you, Lord. I, I just need to hear your voice. I just, I just need you to send somebody, Lord, to say again what you've already promised. Our faith begins to dwindle and waver at the promise so many times when all God is doing is trying to get a hold of our faith. Hallelujah. Anybody with me this morning? Anybody with me in your problems and your troubles this morning? I want to remind you that Abraham had to wait 15 years for his promise. God spoke to him at 85 years old that he was going to send him a son. But he had to wait 15 years before that came. Hallelujah. So this morning, Abraham's, I'm going to tell you, had to stand on the promise. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I have to replay the tapes. I have to read what I've written down to renew the promises in my mind that's been promised about this church. I've got to rehearse it in my memory I've got to rehearse it by tapes. I've got to rehearse it by what I've got written down. It's not a question of if, Brother Freddie. I said it's not a question of if, Brother Terry, but it's a question of when. Just when, Lord? How long is it going to take, Lord? How many times are you going to have to speak to me again, Lord, that this is what you promised? How many years am I going to have to stand on this promise? How many times have you said, Lord, is it about over? God, I'm ready for it to be over. What I'm going through, Lord. Oh, God, I can't handle much more. When are you going to take me off from under the pressure? Yet the pressure persists. Seems like there's no let up. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Abraham's promise came by faith. And let me tell you this morning, church, ours is going to come by faith. That's the only way it's going to come. It's going to come by our faith. I pray, Lord, speak it again to me. I need to hear it again and again and again, Lord. I need to hear it again. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Amen. 
Genesis 15 and 4. God spoke to Abraham the first time. Behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. Did anybody catch where he told him? But he shall. Tells him it's going to be a son. First time it's ever mentioned. But he shall come forth. And you notice, he says, I want you to take Abraham, your son, your only son. Well, anybody remember Ishmael? He's done born. But he didn't call him his son. Because it was Sarah that got carried away. It was her that got carried away and said, Hey, Abraham, I'm going to help you out. If God's not going to give us an heir, then, then I'm going to make sure we got an heir. So, 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 so here's, here's my maiden. You go, you go into her and we'll... And Ishmael came. The thing that she thought would bring promise and would bring happiness seemed to be a curse to her. Come on. Sometimes, church, the things that we want in our life will bring unhappiness and will bring a curse to us. And, and it don't bring happiness at all. But we think we want it so bad. And then when it gets here, you say, I wish I'd have never seen it. I wish it had never happened. Anybody been there? Hallelujah. Come on, it's your escape we're worried about. It's my escape we're worried about. That's what needs to happen. I need some relief. You need some relief where you're at. Hallelujah. He said, the one that's going to come forth from your bowels, the one that comes forth from Sarah, that's the son. This is not really yours, but this one will be. Hallelujah. Genesis 17, verse number 16. And I will bless her and give thee. Oh, listen to this. Now he says it. He don't say a he. I will give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her. And she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Now listen. This is somebody that can't even have a baby. This is somebody that is without child. Cannot. She's barren. She's She's not had children all these years. They've been married. And he's loved her greatly. But there's, there's no children. And, and here Abraham is and he's 100 years old. And Sarah's 90. I know you're all excited about having children at 190, aren't you? Dear, you want to have some more children at 67 years old? Neither do I want to father them. It'd have to be a God thing. We both know that. Glory. Hallelujah. But it's your escape that we're worried about this morning. Then there were Genesis 18 and 10. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. And we know the story. She laughed. (laughs) 
Oh, 90 year old woman having kids. <laughs> she probably about run out of breath just laughing. She's 90 years old. Come on. Some of you that's in here that's in your 60s, maybe even earlier, may have woke up this morning and couldn't breathe well because of the weather. Here Sarah is, 90 years old, and she's laughing about a child. There's no way she thinks she can have one. But there is a God that's waiting in the wing <laughs> to bring the impossible to past. <laughs> Glory. See, the number three stands for divine completeness and perfection. God brings things to perfection. When I, I don't know whether I can preach this the way I felt it the other day when I was in my office here at church, but when I was in my office, God began to move on me when I began to think about this and tears began to roll down my face and I began to speak in that heavenly language. Oh, hallelujah. Because when Abraham was preparing, amen, to sacrifice Isaac, even battling the very thought in his mind, the Lord had already had a ram traveling up the other side of the mountain. You hear me? I said when he was getting ready, amen, to sacrifice his son, the son of promise. Are you getting me? I said this is the promise. Everything was to come by Isaac. All of the heirs was to come by Isaac. Come on. She can't have children. She's only having one boy, and, and that's all she wrote. And you tell me now. Hallelujah. And then now the son of promise, uh, the Lord is saying, I want you to offer him for a sacrifice. Here it is. Now the promise is going to be dead. Come on now. How many how many's walked through life and at times you felt like your promise had faded and there was no way it could come to pass? Yet I want to tell you, Brother Terry, that there was a ram that's waiting in the wing to satisfy the sacrifice in your stead. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord, amen, already had a ram traveling up the other side of the mountain preparing an escape for Isaac. Oh, he hadn't forgot the promise. Oh, 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 let me tell you early. God is always working on the rampart in your life. Come on. Somebody grab it. I said, God is always working on the ram part in your life. He's always working while you're being sacrificed. There is something traveling up the other side of your mountain that's waiting to take your place. The sacrifice, he's going to take your place. Glory. Somebody say amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. To Abraham and Sarah, the sacrifice must be offered is the gift that has been, that has brought the most joy. Uh -huh. It was Isaac. It was the mention of him that brought laughter to them both before he was ever, ever born. It brought happiness 
just by speaking about him, just hearing the word of a son being born brought happiness to a 100-year-old and a 90-year-old. That'd bring happiness to you too. She said, you mean I'm going to be able to enjoy things while I'm nine years old? Hey, I'm past childbearing. Abraham, Abraham, you know, he's got to have faith because in his own mind, he's saying, ain't no way this can happen, buddy. Hey, I live here. I know how this is. <laughs> you know, hey, this is what it's all about. But I'm going to tell you, the Lord said we're going to have pleasure in, our, in, in the years right before the ending of our life. We're going to have pleasure. Just when you're about to give in and cave in and give up, church, come on. Just when you're giving up on your problem and your prayer ever being answered, the Lord sent something to make you laugh about. Said, it's going to happen. Say, yeah, right. I've been waiting for this a long time. Yes, sir, I hear you. Is that you, Lord? Speak it again. I'm not sure I heard right, Lord. What would you say? Come on, church. How many times have we been there and we've laid and we've cried about it. We've sought him about it again and it didn't seem the answer had come. Then all at once out of the clear boo, a voice speaks to you and you say, God, here wife, clean my ears out. I know I need some of that stuff in there. Clean the ears out. I, I don't think I heard that. And then the answer comes again and it says, hey, you know what I told you is going to happen? It's going to happen. Yeah. The second time. Yeah, I've heard that before. Come on. Oh, you know what? We get so in the place that we no longer hear the Lord's voice. We take it for the enemy's voice. We have heard the God's voice so many times, yet we are reluctant to believe that it's him. Sometimes he has to come the third time and speak to us again. I said, it's really me and it's really going to happen. Hallelujah. The mention. Isn't it funny that just the mention of a miracle sometimes brings goosebumps to your arm? had a young lady back in June that was here, I think, when I preached. She come up to me after church and she said, you made me have chills. I said, was you cold? She said, no. It wasn't them kind of chills. I said, then it wasn't me that made them. But there was a God that was waiting in the wing, church. Come on. The devil don't make you have goosebumps, but God makes you have goosebumps. When he sends his word, there is a definite, come on, there is a definite feeling that comes with it. Is it really a baby, Lord? I won't forget something Sister Shay told me. I, I forget what it was. I think it was her cell phone. 
So she always liked to lay. This was early on. Used to like to lay her cell phone on her belly because every now and then Lucas would knock it off. Say, God, is this really what I'm feeling is life in me? Come on, church. Hallelujah. <laughs> Sister Sarah, I'm not, I'm not here to embarrass you. I love you. The truth is, when that first son come along, there's probably times that, is this really happening? We've been praying. We've been, we've been asking for this. <laughs> it can't happen. It can't happen. But I want to tell you, there was a ram coming up the other side of the mountain. There was one waiting in their wing to be the sacrifice and bring the promise to pass. And he didn't just bring one. He brought another one. Mm, come on. I'm telling you about a God that will not forsake you. He'll bring the promise to pass in the midst of your greatest storm and trial. When the doctor says if it happens, it's not going to happen very quick. But guess what? The next month. Whoa. Hallelujah. Almost before they get out of the hospital, there is a ram that's waiting in the wings. Said, I'll show them. Let me be the sacrifice. Let me be the deciding factor in this. There's times like, and Sister McGee and I's case that we didn't even ask. After two girls and then identical twin girls, we said, that's it, that's enough. And the Lord says, wrong old. Here comes a son, and my wife began to cry. Was a son, though. Oh, no, here's come another girl. Lord help us. It's all she could think about was. But I'm going to tell you, music to her ears when the doctor said, It's a son. If she could shout in the delivery room, she probably would have. I don't think I'd let her up to do that. I'm telling you. But he has been a great joy. Not that our daughters haven't. All of them have been a great joy too. The twins have been a great, even though we didn't expect them. That was an unexpected. I'm trying to get past the word blessing, but it had to be. It was a blessing. But at the moment, we had everything all right at home. We had just bought a brand new mobile home. We, we had three bedrooms. We had fixed up, buddy, for that other one, you know, hoping it was a boy and it was two girls. And we had the cradle. We had the room all fixed up and ready. And at the last moment, in fact, for 24 hours, they was named A and B. And I don't remember which was which yet, but probably the first one born, I don't know, was A and the second one was B. So Roberta would have had to have been A and Rebecca would have had to have been B. Hey Amen. Oh, how that's where it went or not. She don't even remember either, does she? 
Amen. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's been a few years, y'all. But I, out of the clear blue, that put a daddy in a tailspin. Mama says, you're going to have to change things, dear. You've got to take the cradle back and get two. And you know they wouldn't have two, another like that, so I had to take it back and get two. Two separate ones, two this, two that, two, the, two, two, two. Because them babies had to come home and they had to have a name. Come on. I'm talking about a God that in your greatest moment of fear, that he says, I've got a ram coming up the other side of the mountain. It's going to take the place of the sacrifice. And everything, everybody said everything, is going to be all right. Come on, I think sometimes, Brother Terry, we need to even stand up and tell the devil in the face of him this morning, everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right. Don't fret. Don't stew. I've got a ram caught in the thicket that's going to take care of it all. It don't matter what you're going through. There is a ram caught in the thicket for you. Don't, I don't care what kind of problem it is. I'm telling you, he's a problem solver. I just told of one miracle in my life. I could have sat here and told you about five or six more. I'm telling you about a God that's always, always waiting in the wing with a ram. To take the place of you and your sacrifice. <laughs> See the sacrifice, and I and I thought I've overlooked this all these years that I've been ministering and pastoring. I missed something. And forgive me, Lord. I've not always been sensitive sometimes, but have you ever read over something a thousand times and all at once it changed meaning? Well, he gave me a different side to the story. See, the sacrifice that the Lord really wanted was not Isaac. You listen to me. I said the sacrifice that the Lord wanted, Brother Terry, was not Isaac. No, no, no. A thousand times no, not at all. What he wanted was Abraham. Listen to me. So what he wanted was Abraham. Because as soon as Abraham raised the knife, the Lord spoke. As soon as he raised the knife, Brother Terry, the sacrifice was satisfied. The ram was just somebody that was waiting. Come on. <laughs> I'm telling you, your answer may come without somebody to sacrifice for you. But what I don't want you to forget, that there is always a ram that's waiting in the wing. <laughs> that God never leaves you without a ram. That's, oh, I don't care if it's a financial need. I don't care if it's a family problem. There is a ram that God has got waiting in the wing that's just for you. I don't know if you're feeling what I'm feeling or not, but I'm feeling it up here. 
See, the Lord did not tell Abraham to kill Isaac. See, this is where we miss it. I'll take you back to the scripture. Genesis 22 and 2. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him. Not kill him. Offer. Everybody said offer. Somebody say offer. Somebody say offer. Somebody say offer. Offer. Now I'm going to get down where, where y'all living. I've been preaching to you this morning and I, I've been trying to encourage you. Now I'm going to get down on your level. You know what he's asking of you out of all this? You're the sacrifice. Even if there is a ram waiting in the wing. Coming up the other side of the mountain. The truth is he's waiting on you saying, I want you to offer yourself. Just try it. Just And at the very words, I will, Lord, here comes the ram. Come on. He's, he was waiting on Abraham to say, I'm willing, Lord. It's all right, Lord. I know if you need to bring him back to life, you can. I know the promise is going to be all right. Lord, but I offer him. You gave him, and I give him back to you, Lord, because you will do it, Lord. What you said you will do. You deal in impossibilities. Hallelujah. Offer him there for a burnt offering. Offer him. From one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. You notice that he took all the precautions. You know, if, if, if he believed that God was going to bring a ram, going to bring the sacrifice, and he wasn't going to have to kill his son, why did he even take wood? Why didn't he just, take, just forget it, Lord, or provide wood too? Let me tell you something. In every situation in your life in a storm, God always asked you to do something. You, you don't just sit down on your buff and say, okay, well, God, you take care of it. I'm, I'm waiting on you. He's asked you to do something. You, you know what? What he does, Brother Freddie, he asks us to do what he, we can do, and then he says, leave the rest of it to me because I'll do what I can do. In other words, when you start it, I'll finish it. <laughs> I'll never leave a work unfinished, but I'll do what I said I would do. There will be a ram to take your place. Hallelujah. The Lord is waiting for you to offer yourself. He, he's just waiting to say, yes, Lord, I will. That's all he's waiting on. Many times we fail to hear that and we're, we're dull of hearing when it comes to that here. But the real thing, it's, it's, it's you're the sacrifice he wants. A living sacrifice. He don't want, he's not the worst about you. not the dead one that he wants. He wants a living one. I'm trying to close. When the real victim is slain, there will be a ram in the thicket. I said, when the real victim is slain, there will be a ram in the thicket. In your time of sacrifice and testing, 
God always has a ram on its way to take your place. The sacrifice and testing is never meant for your demise, but it's meant for your betterment. It's not meant to discourage you and trouble you, but it's meant to bring peace and to bring tranquility in the midst of your storm and testing. God is never satisfied with our, can I say brass, because brass stands for flesh. He's never, sac- he's, he's never, he, he's never, he, we cannot satisfy him with brass. We can't satisfy him with flesh. When he knows there is silver and gold to be had, he's not going to settle for less than us than he knows we're capable of. He's not going to settle for it. And how many times have we told the Lord, this is all I've got, Lord. And he said, nah, I'm not taking it. I'm not believing it for a moment. I I know, you got to remember, I made you. I know what you're capable of. I want you to give it all to me. Come on. I want you to give everything you've got. And when you decide in your mind and in your spirit that, Lord, I'm going to give everything, he said, here's your ram. To be your sacrifice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your very life depends upon sacrifice. You sacrifice for your children. You would well give to them before you would take of yourself. Because you love them. We must be willing to sacrifice the promise. I said, we must be willing to sacrifice the promise. In other words, no matter what happens, God, I'm going to live for you. Whether it comes or whether it don't, I'm going to depend on you. But he will never let you down. He said, there's a ram in the wing. Don't you worry about it. Don't you fret yourself. There is a ram in the wing that's just waiting to take your place. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Isaac need not die, but the ram must. Come on. He'll he'll make a sacrifice. It don't have to be you. It don't have to be your problem. you, You understand what I'm saying? It's the ram. He's got a ram waiting. Yeah, he's going to have a sacrifice, but he's not going to sacrifice you. He's going to sacrifice the ram that's in the thicket. Yes, God will have his way in the storm. Yes, there will be a sacrifice, but it will not be you. In your trouble, it'll be the ram. Thank you, Jesus. Abraham was always protecting the promise, Isaac. Because it was so long coming. Sister Christie. What would, what would you do if you 
God said, I want you to sacrifice Reagan there, your only son. I want you to sacrifice him. How much are we believing? Is there a ram waiting in the wind? Yes, there is. We can't pull ourselves to believe the supernatural, yet he is supernatural. Impossible is not in his language. Possible is always there. Will do is always there. Oh, Jesus. There is a ram caught in a thicket just waiting to take your place. Sarah tried to help him, and the Lord said, Sarah, it's not good enough. I'm, I'm going to bring the promise to pass. It's, I'm sorry. It's not Ishmael. It's not by your maiden. It's going to be by you. <laughs> hundred years old, God. <laughs> it's all right. Next year about this time, you're not going to be laughing. It's going to happen. And you're going to be in pain. You're going to think, man, where did this come from? And then you're going to remember back. And so is Abraham because what was never could have ever happened, happened again. Out of the clear blue at 90 and 100 years old. And now you're asking me for that son of promise. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to offer him. I'm asking you to just kind of forget about where you're at and think about who brought him in the first place. <laughs> just remember the Lord has a ram caught in the thicket somewhere that's just waiting to take your place. Now I'm not I'm not Pastor Paul McGee Jr. I don't even claim to be. He's my son. And I'm not a bit jealous that he preaches better than I do. Because I have always said, if the next generation wasn't better, then there's something wrong. Because this thing just grows and escalates and gets better. I'm not a bit jealous that he's smarter than I am. He come from two fine parents, and I'm, I'm just happy he's, he's our son. And when my work as pastor was done, and Brother Terry, I could open up now and tell you all that I was about to the end of my rope and thought, Lord, I've done all I can do. God, I'm just waiting on a ram. My energy to about I know you don't think it had, but it was. Only my wife sees me in the weak times. You just see me in the strength. When the God is on me and I'm feeling great, she sees me every day. She's the one that nurses my wounded spirit. Makes me feel worth something. So I come here this morning instead of my son. I'm all that you've got this morning. I, I was, my son put this in my hands and he didn't ask me what I was going to preach. I told him what I was going to preach. Sat in his office and shared with him. He shared with me some things.
I don't think he's really worried about daddy, though. I really believe he was. Because he knew, just like I know. And just like now when I sometimes, because it's so long between times and sometimes just because I don't preach as much as I used to, that when it comes time for me to minister, then I start getting nervous. I know y'all didn't think I was ever without words. But I don't talk in my sleep, so. So what I'm here to tell you this morning, that in the absence of my son, to preach you that great word of God, the Lord left me a ram in the wing this morning that somehow I could touch you. This message wasn't easy coming. But the Lord already had spoken to me. And I'm not going to leave a single person out that somebody's going to be touched. Everybody's going to be touched this morning because you're preaching something that everybody's dealing with. How am I going to get deliverance? What's going to happen? How am I going to see it? When all the time, all the time of your sacrifice, when you seem to be laid out, when death is sure and the end is sure, that there is a ram already headed up the other side of the mountain to take your place. Sister Mason's going to sing, and I want you all to stand. I'm going to make it easy for you to get to the altar this morning because I, if you don't come, I'm going to feel like you need to because the truth is, I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt because the Lord already spoke to me. I know that you were touched, not by my words, but the words of this book done something in here this morning because I felt it as I was preaching. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.